2018 with health care. But whether they could find a winning message this year on the economy, it remains to be seen because just citing those bigger picture numbers like you mentioned is, is not going to have that kind of per power persuasion on a voter who's happy with their personal circumstance. Ross, thanks very much for that. Good to talk to you. That's Ross Feingold, Taipei-based political risk consultant. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take another dip into the markets, the final one for this morning. Uh, in Australia, the SX200 right now is currently up 0.6%. Uh, over in South Korea, the Cosby is up over 1%, about 1.2% at the moment. Uh, the Nikkei 225 in Japan also up about 1.5%. Looks like the Hang Seng is going to add on about another one and a quarter percent when it uh, opens later on this morning. In the commodities market, Brent crude oil right now, $55.28 a barrel. Gold is trading at $1,556 an ounce. And in the currency markets, the US dollar a little bit stronger this morning against the Japanese yen. It's at 109.9. Do please join me again tomorrow morning for Money Talk from 8 o'clock. Coming up after the 8.30 news, back chats with Hugh Chiverton and Jim Gould this morning. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy with light rain. Maximum temperature is going to be about 18 degrees. Fresh easterly winds. It will be cool in the morning in the next few days. The weather will improve um, over the weekend. And there is a strong monsoon signal in force. The temperature right now is 16 degrees and it's 78% relative humidity. 8.31, here's Ben Che with the half-hour news. The U.S. Senate has voted to acquit President Trump in his impeachment trial for abusing his power and obstructing Congress. The BBC's Chris Buckler reports. The result was never in doubt. All of America knew Donald J. Trump would be acquitted of the charges that technically threatened his presidency. The Democrats simply didn't have the numbers in the Senate to remove him from office. But Mr. Trump's political opponents will make much of the decision of one Republican, Mitt Romney, to break with his party and vote to find the president guilty of the first charge, that he abused the power of his office to try to pressure a foreign government into investigating his political rivals in an attempt to influence the next election. Otherwise, senators voted along party lines, emphasising the political divide in the United States that has only deepened during this presidency. And although this long impeachment saga is over, it has paved the way for a bitter presidential election that is now only months away. The mainland's National Health Commission says the number of confirmed infections in the Wuhan virus outbreak has reached 28,018, with 3,694 new cases reported. In its daily update, the commission said there had been 73 new deaths from the virus, bringing the death toll to 563. The union leading a strike of thousands of public medics has urged members to carry on with their action today, despite the government yesterday announcing new mandatory quarantine measures for anyone crossing the border. The Hospital Authority Employees Alliance says the move is ineffective. Winnie Yu is its chairwoman. The measure provided by the Hong Kong government won't work because it is not a complete shutdown of the border. The Wuhan pneumonia carrier may still able to come into Hong Kong with these measures. The hospital authority says unfortunate incidents could occur if the strike continues. Chief Manager Dr. Ian Zhang says the situation is very dangerous. The government has condemned what it called rumour mongers with evil intentions. 
after a wave of panic buying across the city yesterday. Supermarkets were left with rows of empty shelves as people sought basic necessities following online rumors that the new quarantine measures would see stores run out of stock. The run on daily essentials, toilet rolls, hygiene products and foods such as rice and pasta left many stores sold out. A government spokesman expressed regrets over what he called the malicious act of spreading rumors when the city is fighting against the Wuhan virus. And U.S. screen legend Kirk Douglas, one of Hollywood's biggest ever stars, has died at the age of 103. Douglas is best known for his role as Spartacus in the 1960 film of the same name. He was father of the actor Michael Douglas. And that's the news from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chivert and your co-host today is Jim Gould. Jim, good morning to you. Good morning. The government has said it will quarantine anyone who arrives in the territory from the mainland for 14 days. That's with effect from Saturday. And there was panic buying in many shops yesterday amid rumours that goods would also be blocked. What do you make of developments here? How do actions here compare with what's happening in Macau? There, the chief executive, Ho Yat Seng, said on Tuesday he'd asked all casinos to close and that general public services were being temporarily halted with only emergency services to be provided. He urged all Macau residents to stay home and only go out if they needed to buy food. What do you make of that? Let us know your thoughts. And also, if you've got any questions, we have an infectious disease expert joining us after the news at 9 o'clock, uh, ready to answer uh, any queries you have. You can email bankchat at rthk.hk. You can call us, 233-88266. Uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page. That's Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. And we look forward to hearing from you. Some of the uh, emails before we get to our guests that uh, we have heard, that uh, we've had uh, in between uh, uh, the programmes. Uh, we'll have to uh, edit for length because uh, we are getting a, a, a lot of comments, uh, of course, a lot of interest uh, in this topic. Uh, Peter uh, says, uh, responding to yesterday's programme, we were talking about the industrial action or the healthcare strike. Peter says, suddenly there are many guests like Fernando Chung, Kwok Ki, Carol Ng and long-term commentators who want to whitewash themselves of the notion of being xenophobic and discriminatory as they feel directly addressed by critical comments on the obvious political motivations and blackmail approach of the healthcare workers' strike. Why should anyone believe you? Your past actions, inaction and comments against mainland Chinese over the past eight months just proved you otherwise. Not only have they never ever condemned any of the violence by the radical protesters, the intimidation tactics and brutal attacks on people in the street, especially on mainlanders, the wanton destruction of property in shops, throwing of petrol bombs and now the constant IED bomb attacks. Uh, even now in a time of crisis, you wouldn't even think of showing any support or empathy for mainland Chinese people or the medical staff who have to go through tremendous risk and hardship. All you can do is blame China, calm, uh, claiming victimhood, while at the same time keep asking for maximum benefits and concessions from the central government. The question in, who is the real virus that infected Hong Kong? That comes from Peter. Alan says, uh, discriminating against people who might have been in contact with an infectious disease is not racist discrimination. Also, the guy talking about the famous no dogs or Chinese sign is just repeating a myth. That sign uh, only existed in a Bruce Lee film. There was plenty of racism in the colonial era, but that anecdote is just fake. That comes from uh, Alan. And Bernadette says, a very sad morning in Hong Kong with this woman sitting at the top only to please her boss and leave the Hong Kong citizens fighting a losing battle against this China-made virus. Now she keeps the borders open, so more of China arrives in Hong Kong to help China cope with this man-made virus. 
I'd like to know how many boxes of face masks has she been given by the government coffers to protect her family. Regards and stay safe, everyone at RTHK Radio 3. That comes from Bernadette. OK, and one here from Drake. Drake says, uh, in just about a month's time, the death toll has reached 563, way surpassing SARS, yet still growing exponentially. What do those who try to downplay the epidemic with the low death rate rhetoric a week ago have to say now? <clears throat> As for those uh, silly listeners who continue to condemn the medical practitioners on strike, perhaps they could try to comfort the daughter diagnosed with the novel virus along with her mother, both infected by the retired father, case number 17, who was infected by a mysterious source in the community and did not travel to China. The daughter did not blame those on strike but strongly criticised the government on her Facebook for not closing the border as advised by experts allowing a community outbreak. If there's anyone who is arrogant enough to reject medical advice and politicise uh, this severe healthcare crisis it's the one woman Carrie Lam. She strategically allowed 6,317 and 2,771 mainlanders to enter Hong Kong through the still functional airport and Shenzhen Bay control points on February the 4th, while neighbouring Shenzhen holds the most number of cases uh, in Guangdong province at 291. As I've said yesterday, she's won. There's no use to close the border now. A local chain of infection has been established. We will soon catch up in numbers with the One China pandemic. Let the world shut their borders against us and cut flights to Hong Kong instead. And another one from Doreen, who writes, uh, Dear Backchat, it's interesting how many people seem to think that Macau has done a better job of dealing with the coronavirus than Hong Kong. Let us compare. Macau and Hong Kong kept their borders with China open for some time, so they are even here. But Macau has Article 23. Hong Kong does not. What does this mean? Hong Kong has a domestic terrorism problem. Macau does not. Macau does not have a localist movement to distract it. Hong Kong does. Hong Kong has the HA Employees Alliance, who seem intent on spreading panic, when panic is the last thing that is needed now and making life utter hell for non-striking healthcare workers. They and their allies desperately do not want us to think they are bigots. So let us not call them bigots. Let us call them, based on their actions, a bunch of racists. Macau does not have to deal with this. Therefore, it is logical that if Hong Kong implements Article 23 and Hong Kong's response to the corona... Hong Kong's response to the coronavirus will radically improve. With best regards, Doreen. Uh, and uh, S says it seems like the government only listens and take proper action with mass protests at the beginning of the week on Backchat Regina Yip said that the medical workers have taken an oath and they need to do their work so you open the floodgates no matter what and then you order the staff to swim in it the government treated the police in a similar manner it takes drastic action for the government to act rationally what a farce to ask government staff not to wear masks Carrie should realise the limits of her thinking and her authority that comes from S. Well, joining us now uh, for the first part of the programme, we have uh, Joao Pinto, who's a Portuguese news and programme controller of uh, local broadcaster TDM uh, in Macau, and also Professor Linda Lee, Professor of uh, Political Science in the Department of Political Science at City University. But, but, Professor Lee, but we, we could start with you. Good morning. Thank you morning. For, for joining us today. Uh, a lot of discussion, of course, about the Chief Executive, and she's kind of very much the face of this, isn't it, appearing every day uh, in, in, the, in the press conferences. As a political scientist, what do you make of uh, her actions and what's going on? Um, well, 
Well, I think um, yesterday the chief executive um, stressed that she has been listening to her, um, you know, the medical experts within her team as well as you know um, external experts. She has been consulted uh, during uh, you know this uh, epidemic um, for to guide her decisions. I just wish that she has listened. She had listened to the advice, you know, sooner rather than just uh, yesterday or the day before, or the day before. Um, because, um, you know, I think um, the measures that she uh, announced uh, yesterday but has yet to be implemented until um, tomorrow, uh, uh, I mean, um, uh, uh, the early morning of Saturday, uh, I think it's long overdue. Uh, because, you know, um, everybody knows that uh, the origin of the virus comes from mainland China. And then, um, uh, so certainly, you know, it's very important for us is to actually to, uh, you know, reduce as soon as possible the, the flow of um, uh, people, okay, uh, between us and, and the mainland uh, uh, jurisdictions. So, um you know, I think uh, uh, imposing a uh, uh, mandatory quarantine, you know, I think it's, um, it should be an effective measure. And, and uh, because that would uh, certainly send a very strong message to people that, um, uh, you know, if you, you, you come, you know, you, you have to, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, undergo this process. Uh, so, so certainly that would have uh, very few people would, uh, would, would, would come. Um, uh, so, but I think, uh, you know, what I, what I do not understand when I was listening to the announcement yesterday was that there is no detail whatsoever, um, uh, coming from, or coming out from, from, from the chief executive as well as her, her, um, assist, uh, I mean, uh, other officials, um, Professor Sophia Chen. I think, um, because, uh, uh I think. The, those those people involved, especially um, uh, the, the Hong Kong residents, okay, uh, which they stress, you know, which are the large number uh, uh, still crossing the border or on a more regular basis. I think they need um, they need clear information about what is going to happen to them uh, in order for them to be able to discuss with the families or the employers, you know, to arrange the the, the, the work or, or their lives. So I think you know some some more information about how the quarantine arrangements are going to happen. Uh, actually, on the spot yesterday uh, should should be made available uh, because time is so short, right? You know, uh, so so if the announcements on well, the government say that it's going to be announced hopefully today, uh, and then um, you know how if there are questions, you know, the assistance. Uh, well, the chief executive mentioned that. There, there, there might be assistance, okay, provided by the government should people have difficulty. Then what kind of assistance, how people can get to the, those assistance? I think, um, I, I think those details are very important, and, and then they should be known, and the channels of communication should be announced, you know, as soon as possible. I mean, uh, it should be announced yesterday, I would say, okay? So, uh, but that, those things were, 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 were largely un, un very ambiguous and people don't know what's going to happen uh, that, that's, uh, I, I find it very possible Because we're talking about possibly well, thousands of people coming back from mainland China and so there's yeah. a question mark where are they going to be quarantined? I mean, you know, Do we have the facilities or will they be expected to stay at home? Or, you know? Well, 
I, I think this question needs to be asked uh, for, for, uh, from the government. But uh, my personal bet is, you know, uh, well, I think it's quite obvious that there is no option, right? Because, you know, right, right now we only have uh, uh, fewer than 100 uh, places uh, for, for these uh, quarantine measures. So very likely, you know, uh, people would be required to stay at home. But um, people do not live alone, right? In, in, uh, you know, most people do not live alone. So they have family members. So what does it mean is that the family members, are they going to be quarantined together, okay? Which means that the, the other members, they won't, won't be able to uh, go out to any measure. Although we are not encouraging people to go out to the streets every day and do, you know, uh, but, but that, that's quite different from from including everyone in the family as, uh, as part of a quarantine. So I think, you know, um, uh, these are important considerations, and, and if this is going to happen, um, uh, I mean, the, the, the government need, need, need to announce it as soon as possible so that people would know what, what, what was going to take place. Okay, uh, also on the line is uh, Joao Pinto, uh, the Portuguese news and programme controller of the broadcaster TDM in Macau. Good morning to you. Um, when we were speaking on the, the Newswrap programme the other night, you were saying that people in Macau are, are generally um, pretty okay, pretty satisfied with the measures uh, that have been taken there to, um, to control the virus, including, of course, um, requiring the casinos to close for two weeks. Yes, um, there's a general feeling that the, the, the government has taken um, the steps which were necessary at each stage of the, the development of this, uh, this um, infection. Uh, in the beginning, basically, uh, all the cases were of um, tourists from Hubei province, seven cases. Uh, and then when the first local resident was infected, another set of measures were, were in place. Uh, and when it was clear that we actually had a, a community outbreak, a small community outbreak with two more people being infected, possibly locally, um, another set of measures was, was taken, uh, was taken uh, and that basically led to this decision to uh, close um, casinos, not just casinos, also any other entertainment venues, uh, public areas, public parks, uh, gyms, health uh, beauty centers, you know, so it's a whole range of, of places where people could actually gather. Even the Catholic Church has decided to close its uh, its doors and it's broadcasting religious services online for those uh, who want to, to continue to, to practice their faith. So there is a, a widespread acceptance of, of the, the measures taken and up to now, uh, it, it, the population seems to be to be in agreement with the, with the, with the, the scope of measures which were taken by the government. What, what's happening with the masks in in Macau? Well, um, since uh, day one, uh, the government took a very proactive approach, and basically, it set up a, a, a scheme in which each resident or migrant worker was allowed to buy ten masks for which could be used for 10 days and at a very reduced price. So a pack of 10 face masks would cost only cost only eight patakas, which is basically eight Hong Kong dollars. And so uh, to buy this, we need to go to a designated pharmacy or to a health center, show our um, document, our ID document, and uh, the masks would be disposed at this very, very low price. So I think this, this was an essential step because it ensured that um, everybody can be protected up to a certain level. Uh, and this has prevented people from um, 
well, we have not seen lines like like in Hong Kong mm. with people scrambling to get access to to face masks because, in a way, we all we all are protected uh, thanks to this measure. And there is an adequate supply in Macau, yes. Uh, the, uh, the government imported um, the latest figures were 20 million masks, um, which, if you divide by a population of roughly 650,000, uh, uh, if you take out children, which really don't go out because uh, there's no school, and certain people, um, elderly, we are who are at home and also don't really go out, it, it, it is quite quite enough. But the, the government has warned already that uh, there's a worldwide scarcity of, uh, of face masks. So um, the use of face masks need to be, um, I wouldn't say uh, uh, controlled, but uh, people need to be aware that, uh, that uh, there's not that many face masks around, uh, around the world to, that, that can be bought and, and, and brought to Macau. Has there been any panic buying uh, in Macau shops? Yes. Um, two days ago, when the chief executive announced the, that clo- casinos were closed, um, there was some panic buying of uh, essential foodstuff like rice, oil, uh, pasta, noodles, this, this, this kind of thing, but it basically ceased on the following day. So yesterday was a, a rather normal day, and, um, and actually the, ga- the government came forward and, and basically published the quantity of um, food that it's currently in warehouses in Macau. So this many tons of uh, flour, this many tower, tons of, uh, of rice, pork, beef, you know. And so I think that also contributed. It was very clear uh, that there was enough food in Macau and people shouldn't really run into supermarkets and buy whatever wherever, wherever they could. So yesterday was basically a normal day in supermarkets. Uh, but the, the, and the border between Macau and the mainland, that's completely open, is it? Or what's, what's the status? It's, it is, it is open. Uh, the main border, which is usually called the border gate uh, in the northern district of Macau, has said its, uh, its operating time reduced, so it closes at 10 p.m. Um, but the borders are open, yes. There's, uh, there's, uh, there are restrictions. Uh, for instance, um, Ube residents, in order to, are, to be allowed to enter Macau, they need to show a clear health certificate that, that basically states that they have not been in contact with or have not been infected with coronavirus. And since day one, this measure has been put into, uh, into, into, into operation. And uh, also since day one, not a single Hubei tourist was allowed to enter Macau because either they didn't have the, 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 the health certificate or the health certificate they, they provided was not the required by the, the Macau government. So in a way, that, that, that measure was enough to prevent... Um, Ubay tourists from coming into Macau. Sorry, of course, there are there are other people from mainland China coming into Macau, but the number of visas has been so 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 much reduced that actually there's basically no one coming into Macau right now. And so, are the calls, you know, in the in the public? Do the public want the border closed or no? Uh, the, the majority of the public does not want because uh, Macau is deeply deeply connected. Uh, with the cities across the border. Uh, there are family ties. Um, there are a lot of Macau residents who actually live in mainland China, live in neighboring Zhuhai, and commute to Macau every day to work. So um, closing the border, it's not something the population 
would uh, favor the majority of the population would favor uh, at any moment uh, during this uh, this uh, this outbreak. Okay, an email from uh, James who says, "Dear Backchat, the news reports say from Saturday Hong Kong will quarantine all arrivals from the mainland. Does this quarantine also apply to arrivals from Macau across the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge?" That comes from uh, James. James, I, I read their statement from the uh, government, and it doesn't say anything about Macau. It's all uh, on the mainland, so I assume they're still uh, open to uh, people travelling uh, from Macau. Um, uh, Professor Linda Lee, um, yeah. what do you make of the sort of comparison of what's happening in, in Macau? I was also struck um, yesterday, I, was, I saw some of the, the panic buying uh, going on of uh, tissues um, with people literally loading up shopping trolleys um, with hundreds and hundreds of boxes of tissues and, 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 yeah. and buying them. Is that, is that a sign of mistrust of the administration or is that just the way we do things in Hong Kong? We do tend to panic, frankly, sometimes. <laughs> Well, I, I wouldn't say we, we are just unique, okay, in this kind of behavior, as um, your other guest mentioned, you know, uh, such kind of panic buying also occur, uh, you know, occasionally, uh, previously in Macau. I think, you know, um, because uh, at the time of uh, this kind of uh, epidemic or other disasters, you know, uh, naturally people uh, might be feel anxious and nervous, okay, and so, so sometimes of this uh, panic behavior uh, is expected. I think it's um, uh, the more important thing is, um, you know, for the uh, responsible authorities uh, uh, to to act uh, swiftly and and as proactively as possible. I think what um, uh, uh, Macau certainly uh, has performed, you know, uh, score high marks okay, this time than Hong Kong. Um, well, uh, some of your the emails you just read out uh, talk about the different baselines, you know, because. Um, the political situation are, uh, are, are different between the two places, and so uh, so there is um, uh, obviously because of the, what happened in 2019, the, the, the level of trust uh, between the community and the government uh, in Hong Kong uh, it, it, it's, it's not very high. Okay, it's low, I would say, and so that that obviously does not help. Um, but I think you know virus uh, does not uh, recognize. Um, uh, what color we have, okay, whether the color of our skin or the color of our politics. And so I think um, it would be good for, uh, in the public interest or in the private interest of everyone, um, to uh, set aside our politics for, for a while and then to just look at, okay, uh, rationally what we need to be done uh, as a family, as an individual, as a community together uh, to win this, um, this battle. I think. Um, I think um, uh, I, I, I'm happy to go on the record that uh, the government has, has done too little and uh, too late, okay? But, uh, uh, and, and I hope, um, you know, more can be done uh, at least uh, a week ago, if not uh, a bit long, uh, earlier still. Uh, because, uh, you know, actually for at least a week, our, our, I mean, uh, our top brass in the medical field has already... Uh, urged our government to uh, be more proactive um, in um, reducing further um, the flows of people across the border. I think um, we, we can all check the, what, what they have said, okay, uh, over the past week. So, um, but having said that, what, 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 what's now announced uh, right now is, is still, uh, we, we should not dismiss them as, as not useful at all, because otherwise, you know, we, every day we dismiss ourselves, what, what, what are we going to do? I think uh, what we need to urge the government is what, what, 
what, how to do them well and what else needs to be done. And um, so I think uh, the quarantine needs to be executed um, uh, successfully. Okay, so so I look really look forward to uh, the plans that uh, should be announced um, uh, today as soon as possible. And also uh, uh, because uh, uh, you know, uh, according to government figures, uh, on the fourth of February, that's the day before yesterday, uh, uh, from land land route and sea route is still uh, over. Uh, 9,000 people, uh, visitors from mainland China. So these people, because from land and sea route, they are certainly from mainland China. Uh, whereas the people coming through the airport, as the chief executive uh, uh, stressed the, uh, yesterday in the press conference, out of the 6,000 people uh, coming from uh, a mainland visitor uh, through the airport, uh, only a portion of them are coming from flying from mainland. Uh, quite a, a, a significant proportion, actually. They are they are holding um, a PLC passport, but they are not. Uh, but they are not flying from the mainland. Okay, maybe they're coming from the states or Australia. You know, who knows? Okay, so um, so so let us focus more morely from the nine thousand or maybe ten thousand uh, people. So assuming quite a number of them, they would not come because they don't want to be quarantined. Okay, but. Um, may not be, who knows, okay, there might be still a, 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 a small portion of them, they would still come, or maybe they don't hear what, what we have announced, so, okay. so they just arrive, okay? So so what, what the government would do, so they would need to be quarantined because they don't have homes to go to. So even if the, the plan is the people should, should stay at home, they don't have homes. Yeah, so, the home, the home so, quarantine. So, so, Okay. Yeah, home well, quarantine wouldn't work for them, yeah. right? Because they're they're from mainland. Because they haven't got a home. So yeah. right now we don't have we don't have those facilities. Sure. Okay. Well, Professor Lee, thanks very much indeed for for joining us, Professor of Political Science at City University. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you to Joe Pinto uh, on the line there from uh, Macau, the uh, Portuguese news and program controller of uh, TDM. There, we'll continue with an infectious disease expert after the news at nine. Drops a line. Uh, the weather mainly cloudy with light rain. Sixteen degrees at the moment. Humidity is now at seventy eight percent. Actor Michael Douglas. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Bank Chat on a Thursday morning with uh, Jim Gould and me, Hugh Chivas, and we're continuing, uh, of course, to uh, talk uh, this morning about the uh, coronavirus situation. We're joined now by Dr. Sridhar Siddharth. He's a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong, uh, an expert in uh, infectious disease. If you've got a question for him or a comment you want to share, then uh, you can give us a call. And our number is 233 8266, 233 Or you can email bankchat at rthk.hk and we'll uh, try and read out your message or, or you can comment on our Facebook page as well. That's Bank Chat on RTHK Radio 3. Many, many messages. Okay, let's uh, hear some. Jay says, it's pretty sick. This government has all this money and they can't do a simple thing like buy millions of face masks and distribute them uh, out somewhere like the Jockey Club at a fair price that everyone can afford and get their hands on. What's wrong? Uh, what is wrong with this tyrant and her government? Uh, asks uh, Jay. I think the short answer is they just can't get them anywhere. Uh Derek says, I would like to express my support for healthcare professionals here and on the mainland who are on the front lines of the fight against this new coronavirus. They're putting their lives on, our line for, on the line for us and we should listen to their recommendations, like about the border. To everyone lining up to buy masks and emptying grocery shelves of rice and tissue boxes, please remain calm. 
Um, on a lighter note, Hugh, do you know what it says on the cover of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, says Derek. Derek, as you know, it says in large and friendly letters, don't panic. And uh, Andrew says the quarantine measures mean the border is effectively closed unless you fancy spending a fortnight in some government facility each time you try to cross. And yet, completely predictably, the medical expert sacked flight attendant and her black shirt mates immediately pronounced it wasn't sufficient and they continue to escalate the strike action. If you think they are about health, not politics, you are completely deluded. That comes uh, from uh, Andrew uh, F., uh, and um, Jay also says it's amazing the supermarkets are having a bumper month this month. They're still putting the prices up. And uh, Mike says, I know it's a little difficult for most to multitask or to think of two problems at once, but we have governments of the world unable to control the coronavirus spread and still don't know how to provide sufficient preventative masks. And just a short time ago, they tell you they can control the Earth's temperature by just paying more taxes and listening to their advice. Do you get it yet? I mean, it's becoming really clear. Connect the dots. Governments don't know Schiff. That comes uh, from Mike. And we have a couple here with uh, questions which we'll put uh, in a moment to our medical expert guest. But uh, Philip writes, uh, good morning, back chat. Uh, prevention is better than cure. Wearing face masks is more socially accepted and helps. What about gloves? Aren't we less likely to transmit this virus wearing gloves? After all, we will have second thoughts about sticking a glove into our mouth or eyes. Time to employ more people, sanitising handrails, handles on the MTR, escalators, buses, etc. more frequently. As far as I can see, Shenzhen is doing a better job than we're doing here in Hong Kong. I don't want to be wearing gloves or a mask. Time to nip it in the bud. May I please have a sandwich now? Gloves off. That from Philip. And uh, this one from, uh, I'm sorry, not quite sure how to pronounce uh, uh, this name. Uh, Tugche, is it? Uh, Tukche, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, right, so hi, back chat. Um, firstly, I love listening to your show. Great way to keep up with local affairs in the city. So thanks for the highly informative work. I only wish I'd discovered it earlier. Well, glad you've discovered it now. Um, and then, uh, is, as if having some masks wasn't good enough, along comes the question whether masks are robust enough for the virus. Is it true that only masks with three layers can protect you from the virus? Some surgical masks have two layers. Are these deemed not good enough? Great if you could shed some light on this. I blame the heightened paranoia in Hong Kong for having to ask this. Um, um, as uh, mentioned, uh, we're joined on the line by Dr. Sridhar Siddharth, who's a um, clinical assistant professor at the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, good morning, Dr. Siddharth. Good morning. So, uh, first of all, that point about the masks, um, two layers or three layers, um, and how much does that matter? We do recommend three ply masks. So these are three-layer uh, standard surgical masks as, the, uh, as probably the best option for preventing this uh, infection. The reason we have three layers is that there is an outer water-repellent layer and an inner moisture-absorbing layer, and a layer in the middle that actually does the filtration bit. So with this design, we prevent any fluids, potentially virus-containing droplets or aerosols, from actually soaking through the layer. So if you have less than three layers, you might actually jeopardize that, which is why we recommend the three-ply mask. If, if three layers are not available, is, is, uh, is two layers a better option than not having anything at all? Well, I would, uh, you could 
say that having two layers or even one layer is perhaps better than having nothing at all. But the problem is it would have to be changed very regularly. And um, as long as you can get a three-ply mask, I mean, that is definitely the best option. We've seen a lot of funny and quirky methods of, you know, coming up with things of covering the nose and mouth these days. They would all offer some degree of protection, but that protection can be um, jeopardized or rather quickly. So the three-ply mask at this stage is the best option for the general public. Okay, and uh, um, another uh, listener was inquiring about about the um, the use of wearing gloves. Um, you yeah. know, should we be wearing gloves so that we don't yeah. we don't uh, that's put, a put great the virus point. on our hands? Uh, it, yeah. Obviously, our hands are really important uh, when it comes to transmitting these viruses as well, because the virus is able to survive on environmental surfaces for a long period of period of time. There are two problems with gloves. One is you can't clean gloves regularly, but with hands you can actually sanitize or wash them. Then you might ask, but if we have gloves and we don't need to clean them, that's the point. A problem with that being is when you take off the gloves, the virus and uh, is able to survive for uh, at least several hours on your standard uh, latex or nitrile gloves. So when you actually take them off, you have a risk of contaminating your hands. Uh, when you do so. So in a medical setting, when, uh, you know, you have properly trained uh, healthcare professionals uh, who, who, are, who actually have to go through a lot of training and learning how to take off gloves properly, that's fine. And gloves are really recommended. But for, again, for the general public, because of the risk of contamination of the hands that might occur during the taking off the gloves process, I would say it's not uh, required at this stage. Okay, better just uh, make sure you wash your hands uh, frequently. Absolutely, mm. no, no substitute for that. Okay, some, some more questions. This is from uh, Martin. Uh, making uh, some of the same points made by uh, Alex Lowe uh, in the South China Morning Post today. Martin says, uh, the question is, if travel restrictions and border closures are really that effective, a complete quarantine and separation of human-to-human contact Wuhan-style might... A 2011 study, Human Mobility Networks, Travel Restrictions and the Global Spread of 2009 H1N1 Pandemic was conducted by a group of European computational epidemiologists. Um, uh, It found that no containment, quote, no containment was achieved by such restrictions and the virus was able to reach pandemic proportions in a short time, unquote. This was despite, uh, quote, travel-related controls during the early stage of the outbreak in an attempt to contain or slow down its international spread. There are several other scientific studies from Harvard and MIT researchers and others who came to the same conclusion. Uh, uh, Can you comment on this? That comes uh, from Martin. Do, Do travel restrictions, border closures really make any difference? Right. It, uh, it depends on several factors. And one of the things it depends on is, um, do you have an ongoing source of the virus from where it is being spread to humans? So in the case of a few years back, in the case of the MERS coronavirus in the Middle East, the problem was you had camels. There were a significant number of camels across the Arabian Peninsula and the Middle East that were actually carrying the virus. And they were constantly introducing the virus into the um human population. And so the spread was inevitable. Uh, the virus was also capable of jumping from humans to humans, and eventually it uh, spread basically um, all over the place, and especially in that region. Uh, this case, we are less, we are hopeful that the zoonotic, that is the animal source of the coronavirus, has been contained with the closure of the market, hopefully. And if that is the case, then 
the measures that have been put in place to restrict population mobility might prove uh, indeed our best hope, really, of containing the virus in a small geographical area. And I would say the measures put in place by the uh, Chinese government, they, they are they seem quite comprehensive, some might say draconian, uh, compared to measures that they've seen before. So um, there's, there is a chance that such a restriction of population mobility will at least... Uh, you know, retard the spread of the virus. But, uh, I mean, I do agree with the listener that there, there is definitely still a risk of a pandemic at this stage. Uh, yeah. Do Do you think that uh, opening the, uh, I mean, sorry, closing the borders in Hong Kong makes any difference? Um, I would support closing the border over the quarantine measures that have been put in place now because. Again, uh, the quarantine may... I, I think the thinking is that the quarantine serves as a deterrent for people entering Hong Kong from the mainland, but uh, it, it takes up a lot of resources, and uh, I assume it's being done at Garland Coast, and that, uh, and that it takes 14 days, and it's a significant hassle for people enforcing it as well. So I think the simpler solution would have been to close the border. Now, whether that actually makes a difference on local person-to-person transmission in Hong Kong, I would still say it does, because the more times you have a virus being introduced into a community, the higher the risk that it actually is able to sustain person-to-person spread. We're already, we're already starting to see that in Hong Kong, and uh, hopefully it is contained. But if we have a lot of new infections, are people carrying the virus coming in from the mainland, then it's we're going to tip over the point of no return. So compared to the quarantine measures, I would say a blanket ban on arrivals from mainland China is probably more sensible. Okay, couple, couple, more, couple more comments. Um, uh, this is from uh, one from GT, who says many people are using these ration masks since they're not certified and changed regularly. They're useless in preventing transmission of virus. Can we recommend people to at least wear a proper three-layer mask underneath? Uh, GT, I'm not sure what you mean by ration masks. Um, can you can you clarify uh, that? Uh, uh, Drake says Professor Lee in the first part of the program was wrong to believe Carrie Lam. Uh, 6,317 mainlanders came in through the airport on February the 4th. That's on a small portion. For instance, numbers, Google for statistics on passenger traffic uh, next time. The Immigration Department updates these uh, figures daily. Uh, Thanks uh, for that. A couple of messages on our Facebook. Uh, TC writes, uh, while I don't think Macau's response is perfect, Macau's response is good because that of Hong Kong is so bad. The biggest difference between Hong Kong and Macau's response is that Macau's pace is about 14 days ahead of Hong Kong, only allowing Macau PRs to buy 10 masks per day and requiring Hubei residents to medically prove they're healthy, uh, both forms of discrimination for some of your listeners. Uh, were a quick response that the Macau SAR government scored high marks on. Also, the MSAR government is also able to provide masks for its citizens by buying all available ones from Portugal, while the HK SAR government claims that it's unsuccessful in procuring worldwide. Furthermore, being a former NPSC uh, sorry, NPCSC delegate to uh, Macau Chief Executive Ho Yat-seng has a much uh, better grasp of what Beijing thinks. Carrie Lam's performance in the past seven to eight months has shown that she has very little knowledge of mainland Chinese politics. Tom writes, uh, the cat is out of the bag and the coronavirus is spreading throughout Asia. In a few weeks, the new protest slogan of closing the border with China to stop the virus will be meaningless. 
Are the new district councillors and medical workers and LegCo members preparing any plans for the upcoming crisis? They should be getting plans ready to build a hospital in 10 days, like uh, Wuhan is doing. We're going to need it. In fact, Wuhan did it already, didn't it? Didn't it? But, uh, but thank you for that. Uh, that's from Tom. Um, um, Professor uh, Shridhar, just at one point, um, could I ask, please, um, do we know... Um, well, uh, this is based on what uh, uh, a previous listener was talking about, sanitising handrails and handles in, on the MTR and escalators and so on. Do we know how long this virus can survive on an inanimate surface? Right. So there have been some experiments done on exactly this question, looking at how long the virus can survive on hard surfaces. So we're talking about metallic surfaces, plastic surfaces, etc. Well, in experimental laboratory conditions, it appears to be able to survive for two days or more. Two days? Two, two days. Two days or more, yeah. Oh. So th this is obviously in a laboratory environment. In real-world setting, um, perhaps it is affected by several factors like temperature and humidity. So lower temperatures and a lower relative humidity, a drier environment basically, promote its survival so it makes it survive for longer. Whereas higher temperatures and higher humidity maybe uh, inactivate the virus a bit earlier. But it's quite a hardy one, so I would definitely believe in a real-world setting it would survive for several hours easily, maybe up to a day or two. Uh, what about soft, what about things like clothing, for example? How long would it stay on your clothes? Well, it, uh, clothing tends to be a porous surface, so it tends to soak through, and that would affect its viability to a certain extent that it's safe to assume that it's several hours, basically. So it does tend to stick on. Uh, but, so it would be less on, on uh, clothing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, some, some more comments uh, and questions. Uh, Linda P says, how would you advise people travelling from Hong Kong for non-essential trips to Europe and other places? I believe plane travel is higher risk for transmission of the infection. Many one who's carrying the virus but is asymptomatic. Is this the case? Should we, should we in Hong Kong be taking the decision to minimise any non-essential travel right now? Um, what about, yeah, going off on holiday or something? To switch up? Yeah. I would, I, would, I would say there's no restriction on travel of Hong Kongers outside Hong Kong at the moment. Um, uh, but some common sense precautions would be, again, uh, wearing a surgical mask at the airport and also on the plane as far as possible. And uh, also washing your hands regularly, especially uh, before your meal when you take off your mask and you have a higher, higher risk of touching your eyes or mouth, washing your hands very often is uh, probably something you can do to reduce the risk. Once you reach your destination, again, try to avoid very crowded areas and uh, wear a surgical mask if you're going to very crowded areas and wash your hands regularly. It should be fine. Does does airline travel um, present any particular risk? I mean, you, you, you're sitting in an enclosed space and the air is being uh, recycled around, isn't it? Absolutely. So it, 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 there is a risk if there's somebody in your immediate vicinity. So for the usual respiratory viruses, the way we think about it is two rows in front, two rows in the back, and two rows on your side. <laughs> so if you're sitting in the middle... Um, aisle based, uh, in middle seat, then uh, you have to think about it in that way. So if there are infected people, two rows in front, two rows in back, and two rows on the side, then there's a risk that they'll actually transmit it to you. There's no evidence that this virus can travel longer distances or can spread very effectively, but again, it's early days. 
days as far as we understand its transmission. So it's still possible that it could uh, be transmitted uh, into other parts of the aircraft. If the person producing the virus is something we call a super spreader, so there's no doubt there is a risk of uh, acquiring the virus when you're on the plane, but I believe wearing the surgical mask and the hand hygiene would reduce that risk significantly, especially considering the lowish probability in the first place that there's someone carrying the virus on the plane. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, I, I believe it's still a reasonable and manageable risk at this stage. Is it possible that there will be certain people who will contract the virus and, um, and may spread it, but will never show any symptoms at all and then you know, um, recover from it and, be, and then be virus-free? Right. Um, yes, absolutely. This seems to be one of the differences between this virus and SARS in that there seem to be some people who are relatively asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms of not even needing to see a doctor. And it is believed that some of these people might be shedding the virus as well, and they're infectious to other people. We are yet to see very firm data on this from the uh, Chinese side, but they have uh, 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 they have made the statement in the past that uh, the scientific uh, publication to back this up is still pending. There was a report from Germany saying that this kind of asymptomatic spreading had actually occurred in Germany, but that was subsequently shown not to be the case because it turned out that the person who transmitted the virus was actually symptomatic at the time. They had just not asked her directly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, S in an email says, please ask the professor which is the correct side to wear a mask for protection when you have flu and when you're protecting your, yourself from others who have flu. There are some comments on the media to wear the white side out for protecting yourself from others and the blue side out for protecting others from catching flu from the wearer. Nope, that is absolutely not true. So you always wear the blue or in some cases green side out and the white side goes in, no matter whether you have symptoms or whether the people around you have symptoms. So that is the design of the mask, because each layer does a very specific thing, and it's meant to be in a very specific place. So the green or blue side out, and the white side in. Okay. Uh, and uh, GT, who earlier uh, commented on the uselessness of uh, ration masks, that was, a, that was autocorrect. It should have been fashion uh, masks. That makes <laughs> sense. Okay. Uh, Jay says, what is the virus getting in through the mask or is it getting in through the eyes or the skin? Uh, you know, how, is, how, how do you get the, the, the virus? Is it, right. You know, so the virus basically infects us and it comes in contact with something we call mucosa. Now, the parts of our body that are mucosa would include the inner layer of the nose, the mouth, the inner layer of the mouth, and uh, it is also possible that the covering of the eyes, which is also mucosa, can also serve as a point from which the virus can enter the body. It does not enter via the skin. So basically we're talking about nose, mouth, and eyes. Okay, nose, mouth, and eyes. All right. So, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, Drake says, if I remember correctly, the Mainland Health Committee announced on the press con two days ago that the virus could survive for five days at 20 degrees Celsius and 40% humidity. Have you heard that, Mr. Yeah, that's, that's 
absolutely not surprising. So more than two days at lowish humidity and lowish temperatures is the rule of thumb for most coronaviruses. I had not been aware of this study specifically for this virus, but that more or less fits in with what we know about the other coronaviruses. So I'm not surprised. Okay. Uh, but again, bear in mind that is in some experimental conditions that may not entirely reflect the real world, but uh, it's reasonable to assume that it can survive for several days. Right. That's quite worrying, isn't it? Because there could have been somebody yeah, who's infected absolutely. it uh, you know, absolutely. considerable so time although before. it feels like cleaning the audience tables, like you go and do bleach every three, 30 minutes or one hour, it, it probably is still helpful. So I urge, again, the, you know, people to talk to their building um, uh, management authorities to actually step up uh, disinfection because this virus is quite stable, yes. Okay, yeah, kind of related to that, Jay says, we've been told to close the toilet seat when we flush. Is the virus getting yeah. down into the sewers? Have we seen a, lot, a, lot, a rash of sort of, um, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, people, uh, this advice? Or why is yeah. that, what's that got to do with the coronavirus? Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, the coronavirus is actually also shed in the stool in some individuals. We saw this with SARS, uh, and we also do see this with other coronaviruses. So, first of all, or can actually contain coronavirus. Now, normally the stool is not going to infect other people, except in the situation where the toilet is flushed, because in flush, obviously, there you're going to generate a lot of tiny little aerosols. It's very gross when you think about it. So, in general, whenever you flush the toilet, it's always advisable to actually close the lid down before doing it. So, any coronavirus inside the stool cannot basically escape the uh, compartment, the toilet compartment. The other reason we give that advice is because of the Amoy Gardens tragedy in 2003, and part of the reason it spread so rapidly in that block was uh, because of some problems in the um, some problems in the sewer traps and the in in in, in in the conditions of the sewer traps at the time. So it allowed rapid spread of the virus in the building. So for those two reasons combined. Uh, the advice to close shut the toilet lid and flushing the toilet is absolutely correct. There was also a, re- a development recently. Uh, a child was born from a, somebody who had the virus, and the the, the child had the, the the baby had the virus as well. I understand it. Is that significant? Does that tell us anything about the you know the means of transmission? Um, it, it may not necessarily mean that it spread what we call vertically from the mother to the child. It may be, it may just be that the child is born to the mother and then because it's close contact with the mother, it develops the viral infection rather quickly. So we need more details on the case to be sure. But uh, one somewhat encouraging thing is that we are not really seeing a lot of cases of severe pneumonia in children as yet. So of the 150-odd case descriptions in the, in the literature, uh, none of the cases have been less than 25 years of age so far, but uh, time will tell. But even though children do definitely get infected, the severity of infection seems to be somewhat lower than older adults. But again, this could change as we learn more about the virus, but that's what it looks like at this stage. Okay, back just back on the masks. I mean, the the fact is we're going to run out of masks um, fairly soon. I think uh, already. With you know, there are people who just can't get masks. Um, if you can't get a mask, does it? What, what do you do? Is there any kind of substitute? Is there anything you can do? Is there any way you can clean or disinfect your existing masks or UV lights or something like that? If we run out of masks, what what should we do? What would be your advice? Well, sadly, 
apparently the three ply surgical mask is designed for single use only and after a few hours of there um especially after a day of there for example is definitely not recommended to reuse it again so uh my advice to people who don't have a surgical mask is basically don't go to very crowded areas so heading out to coffee bay or central of these major centers where lots of people are coming and going is not a good idea if you don't have a surgical mask if you do work in such areas well uh you know you have to talk to your employer i do know some companies are handing out their employee surgical masks among banks for example the other thing would be that uh, if if possible do work from home so it's if you don't have a surgical mask uh, as harsh as it may sound the best advice is basically avoid very crowded areas Okay, they're not practical for some people, but uh, yeah, thank you very much indeed, uh, Dr. Sudar Siddharth, uh, joining us on the line there for all your uh, advice. He's a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong. We're very grateful to him. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you to all the comments as well. Okay, a couple more to finish off. Uh, emails. Bernadette, who is uh, at present in Devon in the UK, says, Wow, plenty of mainlanders will be queuing up to enter Hong Kong for a free paid two-week vacation at Disney World at our taxpayers' expense. Are we sure this lady running Hong Kong is thinking of us or them across the borders? Tell her if she can personally afford to put them up, it's fine. Otherwise, send, return, or should I say deport them back to where they came from. Shame on you, Mrs. Carrie Lam. This is a very outspoken old lady who has paid her dues in taxes for the running of Hong Kong. Wake up, Hong Kong. You need to arise and stop all people arriving in Hong Kong at her beck and call and at our expense. That comes uh, from Bernadette. And finally, Matthew says, There is a gentleman who regularly posts very authoritative-sounding pro-Beijing comments on Backchat's Facebook page and others, disparaging the pro democracy movement under the name Tom Gundert and using a non-Chinese looking profile picture. His quotes are often also picked up in pro-Beijing media. Uh, while this person takes a tone that makes it sound like he knows what he's talking about, his message on Backchat's Facebook page today makes it clear he doesn't even have a basic understanding of Hong Kong's political system, or if he does, he is willing to ignore or distort this in favour of spreading pro-CCP views. His message calls for newly elected district councillors, medical workers and LegCo members to prepare plans for the crisis, including building a new 10-day construction hospital like the one in Wuhan. In Hong Kong's political system, district councillors have no such powers, and in fact in our system it's effectively impossible for LegCo members to initiate such projects. Only the government has the power to do so. Tom, your messages need to be vaguely rooted in reality and fact in order to be credible and have the effect you desire. That comes uh, from Matthew. Thank you very much indeed for that comment and uh, to uh, all those uh, who've uh, joined us today. Uh, we'll be back at uh, 8.30 tomorrow, leaving now with the latest weather information. It's going to be mainly cloudy with some light rain and temperatures up to about 18 degrees. Uh, fresh easterly wind, strong offshore and on high ground at first, and the outlook is going to be cool in the morning in the next few days. The weather improving over the weekend. There's a strong monsoon signal at the moment, 17 degrees and a relative humidity now. There's 78%. When encountering chaotic situations or unlawful public events, members of the public should mind their own safety and leave the area immediately. Keep a safe distance from police cordon lines and avoid obstructing law enforcement officers carrying out their duties to maintain public safety and order. To stay safe, steer clear of violent protests and unlawful events. Say no to vandalism. Say no to violence. Nine thirty-two. Time for the news. 
Local media in Japan say 10 more people quarantined on a cruise ship off Yokohama have tested positive for the new coronavirus, raising the number of infections detected on the boat to 20. Japanese authorities have tested 273 people among the approximately 3,700 passengers and crew after a man who got off the boat last month in Hong Kong tested positive for the new strain. The U.S. Senate has voted to acquit President Trump in his impeachment trial for abusing his power and obstructing Congress. And U.S. screen legend Kirk Douglas, one of Hollywood's biggest ever stars, has died at the age of 103. Douglas is best known for his role as Spartacus in the 1960 film of the same name. He was father of the actor Michael Douglas. I'll have more news at 10. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on the Morning Brew. Hello. 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 How are you? Not too bad at all. Good morning. Hello. You never Facebook chat with me, Phil. Good morning. He's got the Tom and Jerry type vibe. It's a great experience if you just want to give a bit of zing. On your radio and live online, this is the Morning Brew. Good morning to you and welcome to Thursday. Back again for more. I'm Phil Whelan. It is Steve Vines Day, so join him after 10 for another look at what's been a spectacular start to the year of the rat. Emails, of course, as always, it is morningbrew at rthk.hk. A little bit later on, our vet Dr. Dave will be with us for his weekly house call. He's obviously got a little list of topics, but as always, feel free to ask him any of your questions. After 12, more advice on how to enjoy your favourite Chateau Carbord from our wine expert, JC Viennes. He once again joins us on the line from Italy. And a special treat to finish off with today, 12.40, we are off to Scotland. Going to meet an author whose cover is nearly as perfect as his protagonist's. By day, Duncan Swindles is a mild-mannered clarinet player in the world-famous Royal Scottish National Orchestra. But by night, he's the author of two red-hot thrillers, the second of which, Absent Friends, came out but days ago. Let's go. 